Good morning. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for today. We thank you for caring so much for us, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us. Lord, I ask that you hide me behind your cross. Lord, we know the Holy Spirit's here. We just ask that it penetrates our hearts and that we let it in, Lord. I ask you to just guide my message, your message, your word. And just guide us today in your name we pray. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit. I always do. I'm reminding myself in my notes that he's here with us today. It helps me calm down and not be so nervous. It takes a little while, but eventually the Spirit is here. You'll believe that? The Spirit is here. Isn't that cool? Where two or more are gathered, he's here. So even a bathroom fool like myself can be up here and preach. Why? Because the power's in the Word. So I just have a couple questions for you today. Who would like to know God's will for your life? Maybe you're wondering what school, what job, what spouse, what the next step in your life is. After all, his ways are much higher than our ways. So my second question is, have you been transformed? Have you been transformed? And if you have, how's your walk? Are you in Christ? I want to share, you know, usually I bring props. Today I just have a couple pictures I want to share with you. As I ask you about your personal transformation, you know, we've all had transformations, none most important than our salvation. And we know once you're saved, you're saved. But how's your walk? How's your transformation? You know, if it's as simple as just saying a prayer and then going about your life, It'd be pretty easy. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us that Christianity is easy. In fact, it tells us you will be persecuted. It will be difficult. You will have trials. So I've had a couple transformations. And in a second, a video crew hopefully will pull up a couple pictures I have for us here. Um, you know, when we think of transformations, the world thinks very differently than God does. We're usually preoccupied with the outward transformation. We're worried about what others might think, or how do we please the world? I mean, I've had my own transformations that I thought were important. Even as a kid, I mean, you know, isn't summer cool? I mean, those of you who are young and still going to school, aren't summers fun? It's kind of an opportunity to re reinvent yourself, right? You get new school clothes, you might come back, and they don't really see you the same way. Maybe you go to a new school. Do you have a chance to transform yourself that summer? I remember when I was young, I used to want to you know, play instruments, and I picked up the trumpet, and uh, I was horrible. Uh, if you know anything about band, you, know, you have first chair who gets all the cool parts, all the solos, all the melodies. And you have the last chair, which you know we kind of just hide in the low notes and none of the melody. And, uh, you know, I wanted to just, I wanted to transform myself that summer. And, and it was for worldly reasons. You know, I wanted to, 
I think the second chair was a cute little Jewish girl that I had a crush on, and I wanted to get closer to her. Uh, first chair was my best friend, who was musically uh, a savant. I mean, he was amazing. He could compose music. He could play any instrument, any song by, by uh, sound. Uh, amazing, amazing. I was nothing like that, so I knew it would take a lot of work. But that summer, I practiced, and I practiced, I practiced. I got better. Well, I guess practice makes better. Right now, my daughter's playing her recorder at school, and I hear her practice, and it's music to my ears. It may not be to yours, but it is to mine. Music is beautiful. Music is in the Bible. Music is everywhere. So I came back that summer, and I was, I don't know if you know about band, but they do tests. You can challenge. You can say, I want to challenge. So I did challenge after challenge, and you went from last chair to second to last. To second. Before I knew it, I was second chair. And it was amazing. But it took a lot of work. If you think of most worldly transformations, they're outward transformations. If you can put a picture from the video crew, if we get it up there, it'd be great. Um, I had a couple pictures to share. You know, we, we've all seen the shows, the home improvement shows. Uh, that's a total transformation. So this picture is actually uh, my next point, which is um, internal transformation. Like hopefully we've had it when we were saved, right? That's an outward transformation. I mean, my kitchen looks more like the one on the left. My wife wants the one on the right. <laughs> it's not on the budget yet. You know, we all want to look like the after. Sometimes we look like before. You know, but again, do you think God really cares about your outward appearance? Cares what's in here, right? But here's the thing about these outward appearances. Whether it's playing the trumpet, losing weight, fixing up your house. If all I have to do is go to the gym one time and look like that, right? Lift a few weights, look like Cam, like Superman, right? I would do it. But sometimes as Christians, we think going to church once is enough. Saying the prayer once is enough. Coming here on Sundays is enough. Let's read the word. See what it says. Romans 12, 2 is the main scripture for today. And it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I asked earlier, who wants to know God's will for you? Who wants to know what school to go to? What job to take? What spouse to marry? Where to go? There's so many decisions. Are we doing them in light of the world or in light of Christ? You know, we always think about, well, what's job? What's going to pay the most money? Do you think God cares about that? You know, the whole world is transformed, hasn't it? Post-COVID, my career has. Maybe yours has, too. Everything's tele, tele this, telephone, telemedicine, televideo, Zoom. Very little person-to-person contact anymore. I wonder whose design that is. To isolate us, to separate us. I mean, there was a time we couldn't even fellowship. One of the biggest things is how careers all have changed. Due to COVID. 
COVID changed the entire world one way or another, right? Probably you too. I mean, to some better, to some worse. For me, I save a lot of gas, a lot of tolls, a lot of dry cleaning, because a lot of my job now is Zoom. You know, my brother told me, he says, you know, you sure changed careers. He says, you used to be a used car salesman, then a realtor, then an attorney. He says, you're going downhill. (laughs) But you know what? God doesn't care. He doesn't care what I do. He cares if it's getting me closer to him. So let me just dissect these words a little bit. You know, I speak fast, so I'm going to try to slow down, but I've got so much to say. Conform, what's it mean? You know, the English language doesn't do us justice sometimes. At work, sometimes we do a lot of uh, depositions where there's an interpreter. And sometimes I hear my clients say one thing in Spanish, the interpreter says something in English. I say, wait a second, that's not right. There's a lot of words in Spanish that just don't translate to English. And you've got to go around in a different way. You wouldn't know that if you didn't know both languages. Same thing with the Bible. There's a lot of words in Greek and Hebrew that just don't translate. And if you really want to understand it, you've got to really dive into the, what the Greek or Hebrew meaning meant. So what does conform mean? Well, in the Greek word, conform came from, it's, it's, I'm going to butcher this. It's schizomatizo. It's like a schematic. Uh, it means schematic. And in that way, it's talking about like molding. You know, a schematic, you think about like electrical schematic, blueprints. You, you, you think if you want to mold something, you, know, you think like, you know, you're, you're, you know, my wife sometimes makes jello the kids like. Um, you know, you can shape it any way you want, depending on the container. You know, Andrew shared earlier today, and I thought he was going to steal my message, but he brought up a really good point. You know, once you're saved, are you in the realm of the world, or are you in the realm of Christ? Are we in Christ? Are we in these patterns and distractions and chaos and everything the world has to offer? Can you recognize the patterns of the world? We all get stuck in them sometimes. I mean, I call them rabbit holes, and I go down rabbit holes sometimes. I mean, how many of us have binged a program ever? Ever? I've binged a program before, right? When's the last time we binged in the Lord? And I'm guilty of a lot of this, so believe me, this message was very... It was very good for me. You know, one thing about preparing to speak in front of anybody with the Word is... It forces you to really dive into it a little bit deeper, a lot deeper than you would otherwise. And it works on you. It tolls your heart. It makes you question. It makes you really look at your walk. I'm not here to question anybody's salvation. Look, if you're saved, this message is for you today. If you're not saved, I got a little special message at the end for you. But those of us who are saved, and I think Andrew hit on this earlier, and so did Jeff with the thief on the cross. I'm going to touch on in a minute. But if we're saved, aren't you grateful? Aren't we excited? Aren't we content? Let me give you an example. You know, I drive a hoopty. I've had nice cars before, but I got a hoopty. I got a 2001 Chevy Suburban with 200,000 miles on it. It's a hoopty. Surprised I made it here today. I used to take this truck across 
to Oregon and back, Tahoe. I mean, I would take it anywhere. I don't know that I would now. But what if somebody came to me and said, Dave, you know what? You're going to drive that hoopty to the end of the week. And on Friday, we're going to give you whatever car you want for the rest of your life. You name it. Whatever car you might imagine. Bugatti, Mercedes, Rolls Royce, whatever you want. Pick it. You get trade in your hoopty for this car. Well, I'll tell you one thing. For the rest of the week, I wouldn't be watching that hoopty anymore. I'd care less about it. I wouldn't even pay attention to it because my sight would be set on my brand new car I'm getting Friday. I might be cleaning the garage up for the brand new car. I'm going to prepare for that brand new, maybe a Ferrari. I've always wanted a Ferrari. <laughs> so my hoopty, I don't care what happens to it. I'm focused on what I'm going to get next week. Isn't life like that, though? Our life is so short here. But as Andrew reminded us, we are saved. We will not be condemned. We have heavenly mansions for eternity. So in light of that, in light of that, how are you living? Are you conforming to the patterns and rabbit holes of this world? So to be transformed, in Greek, it came from the word metamorpho, which clearly is where we derived our word metamorphosis. It's a totally different change, isn't it? I mean, you look at the butterfly here a second ago. You look at the caterpillar, and it was last year, year before, my boy caught a bunch of caterpillars because the Murray family got us stuck in butterflies. And before we knew, we were catching all these, butter, I mean, all these little caterpillars. My boy had like five or six of them in a little container. I didn't think anyone would live. Most all of them lived. To see that process, like that picture, to see from a caterpillar to a butterfly is an amazing transformation from the inside out. If you take that caterpillar and put some lipstick on it, it's still a caterpillar. But that butterfly, totally transformed. Have you totally transformed? And again, I'm not here to question your salvation. You're saved, you're saved. But don't forget, the Bible also tells us that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will be recognized. How's your walk? So the word metamorpho is actually a passive word in Greek, opposed to an active word. What's that mean? Hmm? It means we don't control it. We can't do it. We can physically, we cannot physically take a caterpillar and physically from the outward mold it into a butterfly. It comes from the within. So what is Romans 12 saying? What does it mean within? Our minds. Right? Who remembers that 80s commercial with a frying pan? This is drugs and then the egg right on it. This is your brain on drugs, right? Remember that? Those of us a little bit older? To me, it's like the same thing, but here's the world and everything it has to offer. This is your soul on the world. You know, the thing about your mind is that nobody can control it but you. 
right? People can change opinions, they can change clothes, they can change anything, but only you can change your mind through Christ. And if you don't change your mind towards Christ, the world is going to change it for you through its patterns and rabbit holes and alluring temptations. And look, I'm not a young cat. Let me tell you, there's a lot of alluring temptations out there, and I've fallen for many of them. If they weren't temporarily fun, temporarily pleasing, nobody would do it. Yeah, temptating, temptation. But let's read this a little bit more. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, I love the ones that are if and then, right? It's not an absolute promise, guys. This is a conditional. There's a condition here, okay? It's saying if and then. Okay, so if I'm transformed, then what happens? Then you will be able to test and improve God's will. Well, wait a second. I thought the Bible says not to test God. Rick and I were talking about this earlier. Sometimes people think, whoa, the Bible's contradicting itself. The Bible will never contradict itself. As many of you know, I'm an attorney, so attorneys will dissect words, and we will convince a judge that the law means this instead of that. And you have somebody else saying, no, it means this. Dissect the word. Your mind. In Matthew 4, 7, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But in Romans 12, 2, it says, to test and approve God's goodwill. So we're not testing God, but if you transform, you can test as well. What's that mean? That means that when you're in Christ, you've got the confidence to say, okay, God, you want me to do this? Let's test it out. I'm going to do it because you said so. Because I've got the confidence and security of Christ behind me. I'm not testing him. I'm testing his will because he's now helped me think proper. Test and approve. How many of us done things grudgingly before? Okay, I'll do it, but... I mean, I'll be honest with you, there's times when I'll do a ministry, be like, oh, okay, I'll go, i got to wake up early. Or sometimes, really, there's times when Wednesday meetings, I'm tired, I had a long day. Ugh. But you know what? There's never been a time when I do the ministry, go to the meeting, go to the fellowship. There's never been a time that I regret it. I always come out better. I always come out more generated, more charged. It's what we need. Again, if I only went to the gym one time, would it do the job? No. How many times you go into the godly gym? How many times you dive into the book? And I'm not talking about just going to church. I'm talking about every day. Like every day the world is trying to brainwash you. Every day. I, I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my before Christ things was gambling. Thank God I don't gamble anymore. Now, when we go on a vacation, I'll do everything I can to avoid the casinos. I don't want to hear them, smell them, see them. It seems gross to me. But man, I used to love that. 
But have you noticed that the world is changing? The laws have changed? It used to be illegal to advertise on television, you know, cigarettes, alcohol, now gambling? I think it's better off to advertise cigarettes again. Marlboro, I don't care, I don't smoke. But why gambling? Every sports, every channel, every ESPN, every newscaster. Have you ever seen anything in sports they don't talk about gambling? The over-under, the, the, the spread. I mean, I get caught talking about that when I'm doing fantasy football. Thank God for Christ, or I'll be right back gambling again. It's in my face every day. But you know what else is in my face every day? God, Christ, his word, to strengthen me, to secure me, to tell me that I don't need to go gamble, to ignore the television, to forget that rabbit hole. Because I'm a new creation. I'm a new man. Like Andrew said earlier, that's all the shadow, the chaos. That's my old self. It's not me anymore. It doesn't mean I won't be tempted. What about when you get fired? You lose a loved one. You're broke. You have trials. What about then? I want to just touch real quick on a couple of biblical examples of transformations. These are the worldly examples, but I'm not going to dive into the word on these. I'm just going to remind you about them because I have a couple of verses I want to discuss. You remember the woman of the well, right? He knew everything about her. He knew everything about her. Is that crazy? He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. And yet he still loves me. Is that amazing? Like Jenny's message, he loves you. He cares for you so much. Do you think the world does? Do you think the world, when it advertises, buy this, buy that, drink this, gamble that, do you think they care about me? Care about my money. That's what they want. You know, I heard a pastor once say, the world makes us buy things we don't need from people we don't like with money we don't have. I'm guilty of that. And then we wonder why we have to go bankrupt. In light of what's ahead of us, in light of your salvation, in light of the fact that you've been forgiven, I look back at who I was before, you did not want to know that guy. You do not want to know that guy. Womanizer, drinker, drug addict, gambler, you name it. Look what you've done with me now, Lord. I wanted that. But the world keeps reminding me, the devil keeps telling me, hey, look over here what the world has to offer. Great trip to uh, Vegas. Look how appealing this gambling situation looks. They say that's a sure thing. Or I'm going to a family gathering. Everybody's drinking. They don't know I used to have a drinking problem. The world is constantly badgering me with their patterns of this world. But can you recognize the pattern of this world? Do you know when you're in a rabbit hole? Can you get yourself out? Only through Christ. My boy actually 
I was talking about patterns the other day. We're doing his homework. He's being homeschooled now. We're doing his homework. And it was a couple of simple true, false things. And it's like, okay, true, false. He was spinning them out. And the next one, before I could even do the question, he's like, false. I'm like, son, let me ask you the question. He says, but I know the answer. How do you know? He says, because it's a pattern. My seven-year-old said and recognized the pattern of his math quiz. And he was right. How do you recognize the patterns of the world? I'll tell you what. If they look anything like BC, probably not good. If it's something that brings you closer to Christ, probably good. You know what brings me closer to Christ? My fellowship with brothers, these meetings, the word, my daily devotions. There's so much more in very little time. Let me see if I can condense it. Number one thing for me, maybe not for you, but for me, post my first transformation, which is being saved. I'm a lot more grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for my salvation. I'm grateful for my house, my car, my neighbor. I'm grateful for everything the Lord gives me. I'm grateful. I used to be entitled. Now, I've got to be honest with you, every now and then, I think Jeff and I were talking about this in golf. I get a little dosage of flesh. Every now and then the flesh tries to yank at me. And every now and then I find myself saying things like, well, I deserve this. I should get that. Very convicting last week. I was talking to uh, my pool guy. We had some issues with the pool motor. And it turns out he changed the motor and it wasn't the right horsepower. And it wasn't working right. And, and I was making a comment like, well, why didn't you check me on the horsepower? I always want to go more, more, not less. I sounded like a jerk. And guess who told me? My boy. He, he says, Dad, you sound a little mean. I sounded mean. I don't want to sound mean. So I'm back and apologize to the guy. And you know what? At the end of the day, I don't care what pump is in there. It's just a pool. It's just a palm tree. It's just a car. It's just a job. It's just, who cares? You know what matters? It's my testimony. My walk, my faith. So who are you before Christ? Don't forget the world teaches you pride, self, consume, you, 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 self-reliance. That's who I was before Christ. Who are you? Who are you before Christ? Who are you now? And what's it look like? Well, like a brother Andrew said earlier today, you're no longer in that realm. You're no longer in that area. Romans 8 9 reminds us, it says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed, if, see, we got to read on. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So do you belong to Christ? Do you belong to Christ? Not were you saved, but do you still belong to Christ today? If you belong to Christ, make sure that you are transformed and not conformed. You know, beautiful thing about Romans, there's so much in Romans. There's so much in Romans. Before you got to this, we already knew, and it, it reminded us about our salvation. But in Romans 12, 2, it just reminds us that although you're saved, that you're still here, and you're still 
it's still possible to allow yourself to follow the patterns. And that's why James is reminding us not to, but instead to be transformed. Second Corinthians 3.8 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So your transformation comes from the Spirit, not just when you're saved. Otherwise, it would have said here, well, you know, you get saved, you're transformed, we're good. But no, even though you're saved, Christ is reminding us through his word and these passages that you shouldn't be conformed. Why do you say it? Because he knows that some of us are going to easily fall into the traps, the rabbit holes, the patterns. How many of us would be here today if it was illegal to be here? Or there was a threat that somebody would find out and throw us in jail? You know, that's the reality of some other countries. How well would I be preaching here today if my life depended on it? You know, it doesn't take much to throw us into the pattern of the world, right? I mean, look at just COVID. COVID, oh, it, just, it wasn't even, I mean, it just took a little government edict. Okay, no more. Everybody, you can go to, uh, you know, you can go to the bar. They're, they're still open because after all, we need alcohol. You can go to the liquor store. You can go to your, uh, you know, local cannabis. But no singing at churches. Well, this ain't no praising. Then no going to church, only, only okay. What if that kept going? At what point would all of us say, ah, you know what, forget it, I'm just going to show up. What are we going to do the next time that somebody tells us, don't sing to our Lord or don't have fellowship? In 2 Corinthians 3.18, so it's telling us not that we were transformed, but you're being transformed. See, even right now you're being transformed. I know, you know, maybe earlier today nobody wanted, some people didn't want to be here, but I'm glad you're here. You know, every time you hear the word of God, it does something in your brain. Do you know that? But every time the world talks to you, it does something to your brain too. Neurologists say, and I do a lot of doctors and neurologists, and Dr. Rudy will probably attest this, but neurologists say that it only takes a repetitive hearing or seeing the same thing over and over again, just a short amount of time, guess what happens? Your brain creates new neural paths. It actually changes. Is that insane? The world has the power to change your mind if you let it. Or you can create those new neural paths through the Word of God. And that's what he's talking about. Because we're not talking about putting outward appearance on Dave. We're talking about from the inside out. So that I can be like my boy and recognize that pattern and say, aha, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. My time's running up. Galatians 1.10 says, I am now trying to win the approval of human beings. I'm sorry. Am I now trying to prove? Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
How many of us are trying to please people every day? You know, the only requirement for transformation is the Holy Spirit. My brother Jeff earlier touched on the thief on the cross. You know, the cool thing about the thief on the cross, I mean, it's really my favorite story, but, you know, I gave you earlier the example of the, of the woman at the well. How about the bleeding woman? Dean touched on that last week. You know, it was a great message. And I love that message, too. I'm sorry, another woman in the well, the bleeding woman. So we talked about the woman in the well, but the, 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 the woman who had the bleeding problem. Remember that Dean talked about last week? You're bleeding for years, who knows how, how long? Probably anemic. Nobody wants to be around her because back then that was dirty. That was unholy. Nobody, I mean, doctors probably gave up on her. She spent all her money trying to cure herself. She couldn't do anything about it. But what's really cool about the, the bleeding woman is one of the few examples of the Bible where nobody told her, hey, come show up to church. Hey, we had a great choir, a great speaker. Come on, you got donuts, coffee. You know, it's a, a good pub. Nobody had to convince her to come. She reached out to him. She said, I need this blessing. I'm going to go get it because she had heard about Christ. She knew about Christ. And she knew that he was coming by. And she was going to do everything she could, even if it's physically grabbing after him. How many of us are physically grabbing after Christ right now? But of course, the thief on the cross. It's the best example. It's never too late. Never too late. Have you made the first transformation? The first transformation when you get saved. Every day you're transforming your mind. Every day so that you don't get conformed to the world. You're reading the word. You want to get closer and closer to Christ. I guarantee you one thing. I'm a lot closer to Christ today than when I first got saved. When I first got saved, I look back at that guy. He was so excited. He was reading the word. But he was a little naive. He didn't quite know. He thought I thought that the world was going to be perfect after my salvation. No, I was, I was like, like these home improvements. Somebody had to tear down what I made and built so he can build all over again. And you, you need a home improvement of, of your spirit, of your walk. Anybody need a transformation? Could th- today be the day where your transformation gets a little bit closer? Or if you've never been transformed, could today be the day where you decide that, yes, I will be transformed today. I'm tired of the world and all the patterns. Today, I want the Lord to transform me. Corinthians 1 First Corinthians 15, 51 says, Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be all changed. But we will be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. The dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortal. That's our last transformation. And that's the biggest one, the best one. Knowing that's coming, knowing that someday we're going to just be transformed automatically and be in heaven forever and ever. Okay, we're going to get the Ferrari, we're going to get the Bugatti, we're going to get everything you need. You only have a few more days driving that hoopty because you've got the best thing waiting for you. It's in light of that 
that Romans 12, 2 was written. It's in light of that salvation, in light of that gratitude, in light of that forgiveness of your sins. I still struggle with sin. Do you? Everybody does. Every time I wake up, I have to think of the Lord. I do my devotion. Every day I see sin. Every day I'm, I, there's opportunity. If I'm not in the word, I'm in the world. If I'm not transformed, I'm conformed. Are you tired of the pattern? Are you tired of being conformed? You're being duped if you're still in the world. The world is lying to you. The Bible does not. Close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for our salvation, Lord. We thank you so much for the first transformation. Lord, we just ask you're with us every day that you just convict us and help us be in your word, in fellowship, to continue to go to church, Lord, to just be with you every day and that every decision we make is in light of what's ahead, Lord. But more importantly, Lord, if there's anybody here today, anybody listening, anybody who's not sure that they've been transformed, not sure they've been saved, anybody that's tired of the world and wants to just come to you, Lord, let today be the day. Let today be their day of transformation where the rest of our life is going to be pointed towards heaven. In your name we pray. Amen.